Hello and welcome to Raise Your Vibes. This is your host, Miriam Khan, and with me today, I have a really, really interesting guest with me called Islam Kafi. Islam, would you like to say hello to everybody? Hello, everybody. Listen to that beautiful voice. Rather mysterious, too. So, Islam, I met you briefly, and I mean briefly, at a, a recent event that both of us obviously attended um, in you know, collaboration to the joint book that yourself and I and, you know, various other authors have written a book called She's Remarkable. And obviously, I've, you know, asked you to come and join me today so that you could talk about your specific chapter. So would you like to just give a little bit of background about yourself, who you are, what you do, just so that our, you know, um, audience can get a bit of understanding of your background? Sure. Well, thank you so much for that very warm introduction. Um, I've never been described as being both interesting and mysterious in the same sentence. So I think that's kind of cool for me. Um, so I'm, I'm Islam Kafi. I am an academic life coach and you've heard of life coaching. Um, it's pretty much the same principle. Coaching is coaching everywhere, except I coach through the lens of the academic experience. So whether you're a, an educator, a teacher, or um, a professor who wants to employ coaching skills, or whether you are a student who wants to gain coaching skills to take with you, um, you know, along your next journey outside of the classroom, that's what I do. I, I, that's what I've been doing since 2016, Miriam, wow. trying to raise awareness about the importance of getting coaching in academic settings in mm. our part of the world, which is um, Very tough. the, the yeah. you know, the Middle East, North Africa region. Yeah, it can be a very tough field to get into. And I've, I mean, as, as I was explaining to you, I am a teacher myself. I've got a um, teaching background. Still, I'm teaching like you, also a life coach, also do motivational speak, many, many other hats, not just the one thing. And I think we haven't really realized that we need academic teaching. We've probably been doing the coaching side of it, but not really giving it a title. So how did you yeah. get into that from what you were doing before? That is a wonderful question. Um, so I was, I was working as a fifth grade teacher at the American school here in, in Jeddah. And it was a great experience. And I, I loved my job. And I had a wonderful group of kids year after year. I'd love, you know, fifth grade is, is that age where, you know, they're not quite kids and they're not quite adults, but they're forming into who they're going to be for the rest of their lives. And it's wonderful. But I noticed that when these kids left elementary school and transitioned onto middle school, there was a huge gap in in, and I'm not just talking about their grades because, I mean, yeah. these kids were, were high performers. Um, they were always academically very successful. But something would happen in that transition that would just create this drop mm -hmm. um, in their performance mm -hmm. and their general well-being overall. And I was very curious about why that was happening. And of course, it had to do with what people like to refer to as soft skills. And I hate that term because yeah. they're not soft. These no, no. are the skills that I, I like to use the term human skills. So if it's okay, can I, can I use that term sure, to, okay, sure. to I mean, refer to what people like to call soft skills? Um, 
I found, I found that our kids were lacking in that area. They just didn't have the coping mechanisms. They didn't know how to advocate for themselves and ask for help. And it didn't matter how strong they were academically. They just didn't know how to cope with change. Yeah. And they didn't have the support or they had the support. They just didn't know it was there. They didn't know what their resources were. So even being able to identify a resource is a skill. Um, and then I, I learned about coaching and then I learned about a specific niche of coaching called academic life coaching. And I decided, you know what? I think I found my calling. This is what I'm going to do. Everyone thought it was crazy. I was a team mm -hmm. lead. I was a very um, well-liked teacher at the school and I loved my job. So no one saw this coming. Yeah. I was like, no, I, I think I have I have something else I need to do. I, have, I, that, feel, yeah. I feel you. I've been getting that calling for many, many years. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I've been doing that. I've been working with kids and not just kids. I've been working with university students. Um, and what I love the most about what we do as coaches and educators is that coaching is not an intervention. No. So you're not dealing with something broken that needs to be fixed. No. You're dealing with, I am a very capable and resourceful individual and I'm doing well and I want to do better. And this kind of um, mindset actually makes my life really, really um, positive all the time because I'm not, I'm not a problem solver. Um, in this scenario, I'm not a fix-it person. I'm a thinking partner. I'm an accountability partner. And it's it's just this air of empowerment. You know, we are, as coaches, we're in the business of empowerment. And I think our younger demographic could really use that. They can indeed. I mean, I, uh, I don't know about you. I personally have worked in very, very challenging schools in the UK. Mm. Uh, I also, like you... I've got uh, lots of experience, 20 plus years, but in the UK it was 15 plus years. And I'd worked in banking, I'd done other jobs too. But when I worked with the kids that we call council estate kids, they were very, very hard work, but rewarding at the same time. So I, yeah. I totally can relate to what you're saying to me, because kids, you can be academic or weak. You've got both spectrums or in the middle. But at the same time, you haven't got the emotion resist resilience. You haven't got yeah. parental support. You've got family trauma. I'm also a counsellor, uh, as well as special needs background as well. And so I've dealt with, like, you you name it, I've dealt with it, right? <laughs> so I get what you're saying because um, people don't realise that with teaching, you're not just teaching your subject. There is so many aspects to what you're doing that it takes up a lot of your time. So mm -hmm. it's beautiful to see that you've taken this one niche and blossomed it into something really nice. And I, I want to, after this podcast, connect with you because I think there's something I can really learn from you, hopefully, you know. Um, well, I'm hoping I would love the opportunity yeah. to collaborate because, as I said, awesome. trying to get the word out there about the yeah. importance of coaching and education has been a struggle. Yeah. Um, the idea is very new in yeah. this part of the world. Yep. And um, so that, as daunting as it sounds, it's actually very exciting because we're at the forefront of change. Yeah. 
Um, and that's hopefully a change that's going to be welcomed when yeah. we have people like you um, and other people who are like-minded just setting the tone of what the academic experience can actually look like for people. Yeah. I think some people are so enclosed in a bubble that they're afraid to step out of it. I, I was in a senior leadership position uh, and I was the first Muslim and I was also the first female to be in those positions of where I was. So as an English teacher, as a special educational needs teacher, as a senior leadership teacher, you can imagine how hard that was in the UK to get to. Yeah. And then for me to go, oh, I'm going to just go traveling around the world and leave this in. like you, people are like, what? And then somehow still end up back in teaching, still end up back in teaching. You know, you're trying you know, to that's leave. funny <laughs> because my kids make fun of me all the time yeah. because right now I do a lot of coach training. Yeah. I have an ICF certified program that teaches people to do exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. And my kids make fun of me. They're like, okay, because I have two teenagers, right? Yeah. And they're like, let me get this straight. So you quit teaching to teach? I'm just like, just stop. Okay, <laughs> just stop. It's all right. They're just holding you accountable, aren't they? No, because it's like jokes on you. You're yeah. actually the inspiration behind what right. I do. So there you have it. <laughs> so coming, you know, coming to the journey that we we are currently on now. Obviously, both of us have had different experiences on how we, uh, you know, got into the book that's out there now called She's Remarkable. And I will add, you know, Islam's details that if you want to get in touch with her and, you know, and connect with her, I will put that in our bio for our podcast, um, but also for the book, too. Now, I have my own experience of how I connected with the book. What was yours? How did you did you write before? Was this your first time? How did you connect to She's Remarkable? Okay, well, it was such a unique opportunity for me because I have written, yeah. but not, I've never been a published author. I mean, I've, I've written blogs, I've written, you know, things like that. Yeah. But um, for someone to approach you and say, hey, I think you have a story that may inspire others to feel like sharing it, it's kind of mm. hard to say no. Correct. Right. Because you have to, you also have to, there's a bit of a struggle there first with your yeah. inner critic, like me, I'm interesting <laughs> and mysterious Miriam Khan. What yes. do you mean? You know, so you're always, yeah. you have that piece in you, but then when you get over yourself and you sit down and you, you write with the intent and yes. the purpose of hopefully inspiring someone to maybe read your story and realize that they could do this too. Yeah. Um, it, it makes a, a, it just makes it more meaningful. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm big on authenticity and things being meaningful. So yeah. this is my first opportunity being able to put to paper something that I find to be very uh, personal and uh, important. Well, so how, I, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no. When I read your chapter, obviously prior to the podcast, I was like, what a beautiful, and I don't want to do spoilers. Because obviously the whole point <laughs> is that people go out and, you know, obviously read read out our joint collaborative book, you know. But I it did bring a tear to my eye. And let me tell you something, Islam. I'm not a crier. I, I am not a crier. I don't do tears. Very rarely. Okay. Yours did. It was very sentimental. And, you know, I'll allow you to explain why that, that is because I don't want to do the spoilers. Well, thank you for connecting with me through my writing. Um, you're making me a little bit emotional right now, <laughs> but, um, 
tissues at the ready people tissues at the right ready. i know i know <laughs> um i think that writing this gave me the opportunity to really understand why i do what i do yeah. the why behind who i am today um i feel like a lot of us as adults we kind of grow into the adults that we needed growing up yes and that I don't know how much of the the chapter I could disclose on your podcast. I'm not sure what the you. rules are it's here. It's up to you as long as you don't do spoilers because we want them to to purchase it obviously. Okay. Okay. You go so ahead. all I'm going to say is I I at a recent speaking engagement um about academic coaching actually I was speaking to a room uh a virtual and you know an actual room filled with coaches from all over the Arab world and i was introducing the concept of academic coaching to them and a lot of them have actually never heard of it and it was kind of a neat experience and then um i posed the question how would your life be any different if you had an academic coach growing up or where would you have landed or you know and the question was reflective obviously and it triggered a lot of emotion in the room So I was forced to ask myself the same question and that's how the chapter came about. Wow. Because when I asked myself that same question I was just like, okay, I get it now and actually that's the title of my chapter. Yes. <laughs> It's I get it now. <laughs> I know why I'm here. I know what I'm doing and it yeah. feels good. And I want people to get it now before they uh, I mean everyone gets it in their due time but I've had so many different experiences that led up to this opportunity and I feel like if I had um you know certain guidance I might have been able to streamline um you know my itinerary a little bit and and skip a few stops along the way but I guess you know they happen for a reason and they're important so they're, I'm not discounting it I'm no, just no. saying and that it would have been nice to to get it earlier as opposed to i'm in my mid 40s uh, you know as opposed to getting it now <laughs> you know it's all still a learning curve isn't it and it's all a learning process and i'm one of these people i don't know about you i'm a very spiritual person uh i'm into reiki as well so i'm very much into alignment with things that happen in the universe people think that, that part of me is bonkers but i do believe you know things happen for a reason sometimes the lessons not everything is a straight line sometimes someone up there is wanting us to go around about things because there's different things we're meant to learn or we're meant to learn from others or there's a journey of ourselves we're meant to discover yeah. and i think that's what's happened to you yeah. i don't look at it that way I right no i i obviously i'm very thankful for yeah. for this i just wish i started earlier earlier you know i'm not I'm not going to like I again I'm big on authenticity so I'm going to be super yeah. honest right now and share with you that my only regret is not having the opportunity to have had this learning about myself to have had this exploration and I would have loved to start this journey earlier but that's it that's yeah. all it is the good the bad the ugly i'm really okay with that you see i also call it the good the bad the ugly and the beautiful yeah because yeah. life can be beautiful if we focus just on the ugly you be we're being pessimistic that's just me and my outlook 
Remember the Absolutely. beautiful. And look at the beautiful imprints you're making because whether it's teaching or coaching, whatever it is, you're planting seeds and you're mm -hmm. supporting growth. And at times we pluck the weeds out. We pluck it right. out. We replant. We rebirth. And that's yes. what you're doing with the people. Same. We're doing the same thing with the people we're connected to and we're helping them to grow. So, okay, we, we didn't get some of this. We didn't start way back, but let's put that passion into what we're doing right. now. So that the we're others, here now. Can, yeah, which is what you're doing. And I think and, it's and a beautiful. Without that ugly you mentioned, I wouldn't be able to recognize the yeah. beautiful. Correct. So here I am trying to make up for lost time and platforms like your podcast, um, you know, is, is really helpful for me to get yeah. the message out because yeah. I strongly believe that we need to have coaching in all of our academic settings, not just in universities no, and no. colleges, but also in high schools. Um, it's this, I, and, and you know, it's funny because we talked about how people think you're quote unquote bonkers <laughs> when, when I, <laughs> When I uh, resigned from my position and I was just like, no, I'm going to focus on this. And people were like, are you serious? Like, this is what you want to do. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit mm -hmm. shortly after that. And they came to the same people who are the biggest skeptics were like, you know what? You're right. Mm -hmm. These are important skills to have this skill of being able to, to pivot or to roll with the punches. Yeah. These are teachable skills. Yep. That's the beauty of it. People need to understand. It's not that you're just like born this way. No, no, no. I mean, they but are teachable. People are in fear. That's one thing I realized mm -hmm. many, many years ago. And when I did leave my particular senior leadership job, as I said to you, I was bold and brave. And I had made that decision. I was not going to go back to England. And it's been nearly eight years now. My friends, beautiful friends, said six months, you'll be back. I'm like, no. I gave away every possession you can think of. Nothing was wow. in storage. Nothing. And I mean brand new television. I gave it to a friend that needed it. Brand new vacuum cleaner. It sounds silly. Dyson. I'd spent a lot of money saving for that item to give it away. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Yeah, right? yeah. But I had to let go. I had to learn to let go to be free. And then off I went traveling and ended up staying in Egypt, ironically, and, you know, I'm not going to take over your podcast. But what I'm saying is, if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't be doing the things that I was doing now. And everybody was like, no, you're crazy. You'll be back. I haven't been back. And the same people like you uh, were like, oh, my God, you're off traveling here. You're off doing this and you're off. Do and it's like, yeah. And the same people were like, well, can I come and stay? No, because you didn't <laughs> believe me in me in the first place. So it is interesting how the naysayers sort of become your, wow, you've done that? What's she up to next? And it's not about trying to tick off a box. I'm just right. living my best life as you are yours. And you yeah. are taking those opportunities instead of leading with fear. You're leading with light and you're leading with love. And I think that's Aww, a beautiful... Thank you. That's a you beautiful just gave way. me like a <laughs> whole lot of goosebumps here. I mean, like... <laughs> Thank you for that. I you're needed welcome. I needed those vibes because it could be pretty lonely. I mean, yeah. when you're out there trying to communicate a message that you're very passionate about and trying to get people on board with you, 
it, it can be very isolating. Yeah. I, I mean, we talk about growth mindset as teachers and as yes. coaches. I'm living it. I hear no a lot and I'm really okay with it because it doesn't discourage me anymore. That no, no is just an opportunity for me to, to, to look at what's missing. What do I need to help people really understand? Remember How what no means though. Doesn't just I'm mean sorry? No. Remember what no means. Next opportunity. Oh, there you go. You there see? you go. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So if people... I am raising my vibes to this podcast. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> there you go. I told you. So if people obviously, you know, wanted to um, you know, get in touch with you, perhaps they and I'm gonna be doing this myself, I can I can feel it already. If they wanted <laughs> to get in touch with you, maybe they wanted to book a coaching session, maybe they wanted to get in touch with you for mentoring or, you know, just learn a little mm -hmm. bit more about you. Perhaps there's a school internationally that is wanting to connect because remember this podcast is international. So how do they do that? How can they get in touch with you? What can you offer at the moment and what are your plans for the future? So at the moment, what I'm offering is um, I'm offering coach training. As I mentioned, it is an ICF um, for your listeners that aren't aware, yeah. the ICF is the International Coaching Federation, and that's like the gold standard, uh, you know, seal of approval on anything and everything coaching. Yeah. They are the entity that I want to say regulates coaching worldwide. I yeah. mean, there's another one. There's a European um, body as well, but the ICF is is the biggest name, and they are um, they're the ones who are making sure that things like ethics are in place, mm -hmm. as, you know, certain level of standards and best practices, etc. Yeah. So they've managed to do a really good job of maintaining coaching as a profession. Yes. Because again, coaching is very new. Coaching right. hasn't really been around formally for, for over, I think it's, it's only been about 20 years. Um, so my program is ICF. Um, accredited, which means you will be receiving a very high standard of coach training. Um, and I train, actually, I started out by training um, people in educational spaces. So university professors and teachers and administrators who wanted to gain coaching skills and employ them in their schools, which I thought was pretty great. Then the program evolved to something really amazing. And I I'm so glad I get to talk to you about this because you're going to get this and you're going to be really excited as well. Awesome. Um, my program now, if you're attending my course as an educator, you will be not just attending it with other educators like you, but you will be attending it with student leaders as well. Nice. So not only are we having, um, you know, academic professionals taking this course, but we're having high school seniors, we're having university students, Beautiful. and they're all in the same learning space. And that dynamic is unbelievable. Beautiful. Watching how they're learning alongside each other and from each other is such a rewarding experience in itself. Oh. So this is, and, and so for the students who are taking this program, they're taking it because they will become ICF credentialed coaches as well. And they will take their coaching skills to whatever career or path they choose. So they don't have to be focused on, on becoming something in the academic world. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's 
it's such a rewarding experience for me as a trainer. And that's currently what I offer. I do one-on-one coaching sessions as well, of course. Um, But I feel like right now I'm trying to get more people out there like me. (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to get more people out there who are, you know, who have the skills to be able to coach this demographic. Yeah. Well, hopefully when, you know, this podcast is out there, people will get in touch with you and people will, you know, be interested and want to connect and hopefully you will find like-minded souls so that you can raise you know raise that message and get it out there because it does need to be out there you know and that's one of the beautiful things about doing what you're doing is even even at this part of the world you're networking all the time and that's one of the things that was really beautiful about this book is connecting with people that ironically you need you know so so there's that connection there it's beautiful yeah, and people always talk about finding your tribe. Mm. Um, yes. I, I found my tribe. I mean, I, we're all one tribe. Yes. And being able to, you know, spread this message or, or train people with the skills to be able to service the tribe is yes. to me, more of that feeling of connection that I was craving than that feeling of isolation that I had in the beginning. Yeah. So I, I'm very excited about this and I, and I'm sure you can tell. (laughs) um, It's very rare to get the opportunity to be able to talk about this with someone who really understands. So thank you for, for being that. You're very welcome. And like I said to you, you know, sometimes God connects you with the dots with the people that you need at the right time. Because ironically, yeah. I was looking for something like this, and then here you are. You know, well, and there you go. Come on. <laughs> so Come on over, we'll, Miriam. We'll, I will be over. I will be over. Don't you worry. So, just as, we, as we're finishing, you know, uh, Islam, is there anything you want to say as a final, um, you know, thought? Uh, is there anything you wish to say in regards to the book or your coaching or as we, as we finish? Actually, I want to thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I want to thank you because I had um, I had the opportunity to listen to other episodes of your podcast, and the the different um, areas of expertise that your guests bring to the table, even though they are so, I mean, they differ from one another, but somehow you made them all the same. You made them their messages. I, I mean, for example, you had um, a guest who was a, who's an athlete. For example, I am in no means an athlete. Okay, <laughs> but I was able to connect with somebody mm. that I most likely, you know, on paper won't have much in common with. But you were your podcast is a reminder that we are all in this together. Yeah, we're all learning from each other and. It's just so people like you are why we do what we do um, because we all want to be that person. So thank you, Miriam, for everything you're, you're doing. You're welcome. Thank you. I mean, for me, like you, it was something I was testing and trying. And then next thing, just after two episodes, I think, I was on iTunes for wow. my podcast. And I was like, this is so hard to get in. I'm doing the right thing because it's flowing and flowing. And next thing I know, I was on 20 channels internationally like that. And I had to even, and I was like something, because I was at that point, pivotal point of, 
I want to leave teaching again. And God kept sticking <laughs> me back in. But I know why, because my special needs kids needed me. My mental right. health students needed me. My staff needed right. me. There was different things, but also I was, I actually pushed myself to write and I got myself wow. published during COVID. It all kicked off during my divorce. During my divorce, I, w- I started to write. I started to do the podcast. I taught myself. I, I was in an area where I was in a lockdown. So when I say lockdown, everyone internationally would not know what that meant. For us in Kuwait, in my area, it was a military lockdown. For five and a wow. half months, I could not go out of my street as in area. I couldn't leave it. Mm-hmm. We were in military lockdown. Mm-hmm. And that was because, unfortunately, one building had over 600 people with COVID. So they they put everyone at risk and it spread quickly. So bless the government here. They were They were trying everything they could to stop it from spreading. I was so impressed with everything they did. But at that same time, whilst while still teaching, by the way, you know, because school was yeah. online, um, yeah. I was watching my kids do all these different things and I'd been wanting to do it, but just not sat still. I'm always on the go. So I was not sat still. This was the time where I was forced to sit still and forced to learn how to edit, how to, like I learned how to do YouTube editing and I was like, oh my God, this is so hard, but I did it. And now it's yeah. easy, but I was like, oh, I can do that, you know? And and the podcasting, it just grew, and the writing grew, and I was like, wow, this is when I'm but, forced in a corner. But Miriam, you're, you're talking to me about learning how to edit a podcast, yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's fine and dandy and amazing, right, for you, yeah. but I'm more excited about the other learning that took place. Yeah. You learned that you can do anything and that to me is what fuels me like this is what excites me the most like you literally reinvented yourself during the lockdown which I you know again it's not just about learning a technical skill so uh, you are just fun to talk to (laughs) (laughs) that's good during that time of COVID um I had also people getting in touch with me Obviously, they knew that I was a counsellor and mental health stuff as well. And that's when I I was looking at the coaching side of things, which you can obviously relate to. Um, but I had people also going through divorce or separation and and ended up, as I said to Claire, who interviewed me, um, I ended up unwittingly becoming, and I laugh, becoming the divorce coach. <laughs> I was like, wow. okay, this is another strength to my bow. And I did a lot of that work for free, Islam, because I, of course I want to build my business. Of course I want to be able to fund myself financially and leave the teaching. But it wasn't ethical at that time to do that to these particular ladies when you know yourself coming from a Muslim background, trying to divorce and do a process called hulla, which not everybody understands, but it means the, the woman basically applying for divorce. And yeah. I'm and from, you, you, you surrender all yeah. of your rights. Yeah. Yeah. And not just the surrendering, but you're the one who's financially... uh, I I was never reliant on my ex-husband. I was financially doing everything. It was all on me. Mm. That wasn't the the thing. It was the fact that it was made very, very difficult because of the country and the rules. And even in 2023, 2022, when the law in that country was changing and your father and your brother has to come over to the country to give you permission to divorce... That law was coming in. And I was in my 40s and 
that was not going to happen. This was also during COVID. They refused. I don't have a great relationship with my father. So this is why when I read your book, it brought big tears to me because I, I, I felt you. I really felt you because there's things you wish you had, but you haven't. But that also yeah. doesn't make me not empathize at the same time, you know, but you end up coaching in different ways because of that. But that's, that's the thing with empathy. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a gift, but it's, it's an expensive gift because right. for you to be able to connect with me empathetically, you had to connect to something that is uncomfortable for you. Yeah. You had to, to, to go places that maybe you put aside and that mental back burner that we all have just like, okay, I don't want to think about this right now. Cause I don't like how it makes me feel. Yeah. But you, t when I thanked you for connecting with me earlier, I meant it because I know for you to say it made me emotional. It means you really connected and, and, and my intuition told me, okay, she had to go somewhere to be able to do that. Yeah. So I just want to acknowledge that you are, you're raising vibes for people through not just strength, but through vulnerability. Sure. And look at it like that. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. hey, we're coaches. We can yeah, do yeah. this all day, you and I. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we can, we're all about the perspective switch, right? Yeah, so, yeah we are. But, we are. Yeah. But we are. I'm, I'm just so inspired by you. Thank you. Ditto. Um, vice versa. The same, Thank you. the same. And, you know, I, I think it's a beautiful connection when you meet people like that and they push and support you and raise your vibes in, in, in you know, yeah. whichever way you want to look at it. Um, and for those people that are listening, Islam certainly does that in her chapter, certainly does that in the chapter. I will put the, the details of the book in the bio. And obviously, I'm just getting back to your page number. Her particular chapter is on page 88. So, Islam, it has been an honour, an absolute honour. And what a beautiful, natural conversation we've had, you know, with two kindred spirits. Uh, I can't thank yeah, you enough. This was a coffee on. with friends. I yes. mean, and <laughs> your listeners are going to get to overhear that. And it's, uh, it's, it's nice because I feel like everybody who gathers at your table is a friend. So thank you for, for including me at that You're table. Welcome. And I hope we get opportunities to collaborate together in the future. I would welcome that. God willing, inshallah. Thank you very much, inshallah. Islam, for being on Raise Your Vibes. This has been Miriam Khan and Islam Kafi on Raise Your Vibes talking about the book, She's Remarkable, out now. <laughs>